Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is Jasmine Elizabeth with the Jazz Jewel of the Week. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Um, Today is Monday, February 22nd of 2021. And you guys know I love numbers and patterns. So 2-22-21, that's super dope to me. But yeah, so today is Monday, February 22nd, 2021. I am Jasmine Elizabeth, and this is the Jazz Jewel of the Week. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're listening from your Apple phone, watch, Android, um, Spotify, iTunes, whether you are in America, if you are in France, if you're in Brazil, China, Japan, it is so amazing and such a blessing what we can do with technology. Jazz Jewels has reached over 27 countries um, in the last 10 months. We haven't even been on for a complete year. So I don't know how you found me, how you found this podcast, but I do know that God is divine and it's never an accident and it's always intentional. So I pray that as you hear these podcasts, that little seeds are being dropped into you that will soon produce good, strong fruit. So here we are um, next week, Monday, when we do the podcast, um, it's going to be the first of the month. It's going to be March 1st. We're going to be in the third month. This year is flying by. And I also don't know what the podcasts are going to look like for the next couple of weeks. Next Monday, I actually have to go get shoulder surgery. And you guys know that I do them live every morning. They're not pre, I mean, every Monday morning, they're not pre recorded. So I don't know if maybe next week I'll do it on a Sunday or before I go to surgery. But basically, so since I was about like um, a little bit before my son was born, so maybe like 20s, my early 20s or whatever. Um, my shoulder would just dislocate, just come out whenever it wants to. I remember waking up one Christmas morning and it was just out. And so like over the last maybe 10 years or so, I've had over 18 dislocations, like shoulder dislocations. And so now it's to the point where we got it. I have to get surgery. I have to get it surgically corrected and they're going to go do an orthoscopic surgery and reconnect some ligaments and bones and tissues and all that fun stuff. And um, I should be down for about three to four months. They said like the first couple of weeks will be the most intense. So let me tell you how dope God is. Remember how um, things come full circle. So remember at the end of the year, my task was to forgive my mother, to have that conversation with her, to create a space for relationships and to um, reconnect. So um, my mom had her own health scare and I won't say little because it was big and we definitely prayed about the situation and it was cool because um, when she got her test results back, everything came back negative and it was all good or whatever. And so through that, we were able to start talking and like being connected and all those cool things. And so for my surgery um, on the first, my mom is actually going to come and take care of my kids. And so that's just God. God, My mom is going to come my first week out of surgery and stay with my babies. 
And I say babies because Papa is back and I am so, so, so excited. I'm so grateful. If you guys have been following me, you know that Elijah went to go live with his dad um, and it was supposed to be for a whole year, but things change, things happen and my baby is home and I'm just so grateful to be able to love on him and to see him and to touch him. Yo, appreciate your kids. Like I know sometimes as parents, we feel like we're the boss or we're um, we're always right or we're the, the position of authority. But we really have to acknowledge that like our kids are dope and our kids are smart and our kids are human and our kids need love and our kids need us your babies need you. And so be intentional about your time with your children. Be intentional about what you say to them. Be intentional about your tone with them. Be just as intentional are you as you are in other things, whatever you pursue, like your children literally are your most prized possessions. And that's even hard for me to say because I've never prided myself on being a mother. Like being a mother is not an accomplishment to me. I know that there are some people who like motherhood is an accomplishment and motherhood is really um, something you pride yourself on. And I've never seen it that way, to be honest. I've never viewed motherhood as that. I've always um, thought of it as a responsibility and an obligation, not an obligation in a bad way, but an obligation in it's my duty to make sure that these kids aren't fucked up. But even deeper than that, like it's my duty to love and to nurture and to appreciate and to respect and to honor and all of those things. Like those are our responsibilities as adults too and as parents towards our children it's our job to honor them. It's our job to respect them. Like, think about that. Do you respect your children? Do you honor them? Do you listen to their voices? We can all do better. I know Elijah's time away definitely um, showed me that. It really, God really spoke to me and really showed me some areas where I can do better. And so, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do better. And so I encourage you to really tap in with your babies if you have them and listen and just make the adjustments as necessary, understanding that your babies are your most prized possession and it is your obligation, your responsibility and your honor to train them up in the way that they should go. And I know when we hear that in the Bible, it's like, oh, we all these rules and regulations but nah, it's actually training them up in consistency and discipline and respect and all those things that we find hard to do as adults now. All the practices that we find hard to implement as adults, those are the things that we are supposed to be training our children in now. Healthy eating habits, discipline, consistency, financial management, speaking affirmations over yourself, holistically, well, holistic wellness. Those are the things, understanding your relationship with God, understanding your relationship with yourself, understanding your duty and commitment to obligation. It's not about religion and laws and you can't do this and you can't do that, but it's teaching them how to be people of character, humans of character that will lead and create the change that we want to see in the world. 
And that wasn't even the jazz jewel of the day. That was just a little tangent, I guess. <laughs> Whoa, that was interesting. Yeah, so that was for somebody, definitely for me too. But yeah, love your babies. <clears throat> no matter how old they are or how young they are, just love them. So the actual jewel for the week, the actual thought for the week. So over the weekend, um, some of you guys know I am the director of programs for the Urban Leadership Foundation of Colorado. And over the weekend, we had the opportunity to kick off our um, year because the program runs from February to November. So we got to get away um, for our retreat where we introduce everyone to everyone. Of course, it was COVID style. And this retreat was so different because um, there's been such a shift in um, the programming and how we do things. So this particular retreat um, was far more holistic in the regards that we actually spoke to like your spirit man and um, the importance of your relationship with yourself in terms of how you are able to lead others. Um, and so I got to actually present and um, I got to present, but what is so cool is God just really meets you where you are. Like God just really meets you exactly where you are. So um, a little bit about me. So Esther, the book of Esther is my most prized. I love that book. The book of Esther in the Bible is my favorite book in the Bible. And I actually believe like I'm an Esther reincarnate. And you can say what you want to say about, oh, there's no such thing as reincarnations or things of that. But there have been multiple Christ. There have been multiple God bodies. There's just been, but that's again, another tangent. So Esther, um, Esther, she really means a lot to me. And I study her and I study, um, I just, I study her and there's so many different thoughts and principles in the Bible. So um, a little bit about Esther. This was actually the jewel of the week is that I just wanted to talk about Esther. So Esther, if you've never read the story in the Bible, I encourage you to do so. So Esther, she was, um, an orphan, actually. She was an orphan and she was Jewish and she grew up without parents. Her uncle um, looked out for her while she um, matured, but she didn't have any really family. She didn't have any structure. She didn't come from um, tradition. She didn't come from richness, wealth, anything. It was literally, she was an orphan. And so during that time, there was a king and um, the king, <laughs> I'm going to go all over the place with this story. So there was a king, Esther became queen, right? And Esther became queen because, um, the queen at the time, Queen Vashti, um, was asked to, was asked to, commit a task that she didn't want to do. So basically the king was having a big ass party, long party. At the end of the party, he's like, yo, bring my queen here. I want to show her off because she's bad. And I want everybody to see that my wife is so beautiful. Like she's bomb. 
this, that, and the other. No substance, nothing of that, just the external force. Mind you, they had been partying for like a week. It had like, it was going down. So at the end, um, he's like, I want everyone to see the queen. Vashti's like, nah, I'm good. Like, you're not about to just come show me off because you're loaded and you're feeling some type of way and you want to boast in all the things that you have cancel me out like I'm not signing up for that and so when she said no um the king and all his homies got disrespect like they got disappointed they were hella mad they felt like Vashti had disrespected them and his homies the king's homies are like well if she's saying no to you basically she's saying no to everybody and if women see the queen saying no to the king do you know what that's gonna do like do you know the tone or the precedent that's going to set, like, you can't just let that slide. You got to correct her. You got to put her in her place. So the king's like, yeah, you're right. I do. I got to make something happen. She's no longer the queen. Go ahead and take that crown from her head and we're going to just replace her. So Vashti gets removed. She's no longer the queen. And that's a whole nother tangent. Like there's so many different things that we can talk about in that and I'm going to bring it up a little bit later. So they remove Vashti from um, the kingdom. She's no longer in position. Now there's an opening. They got to find someone else to be queen. And so now it's the process where they're searching for all the virgins in the city. And um, I thought it was so crazy that the king is able to know, like, do the girls to figure out if he wants to be with them. I thought that was really interesting, but nevertheless, so the king goes through the process. He's looking for all the virgins. Esther so happens to be a virgin. So she gets inserted into the um, courting process or the pruning process. So um, Esther gets selected to be queen after years of prompting. I mean, after years of, preparation and that part is key so Esther came in hood if we're honest hood ragged a little rough around the edges not accustomed to tradition not accustomed to any of the normal practices not accustomed to the rich wealthy lifestyle lavish living none of those things she was an orphan she got it how she lived she roamed on the streets that was her lifestyle So in order to go from what she knew to what she was, she had to humble herself and allow herself to be um, teach. She had to be taught. She had to be trained. She had to be conditioned. And if you're like me, a loose, wild child, a girl who grew up without much structure or discipline, the idea of discipline, um, being taught something or reformulating my ideas or concepts that's not easily understood or digested however it's always necessary so it was the same thing with Esther she had to put herself in position to learn and even though we may know everything about our current lifestyle I know how to hustle I know how to get it I know how to do all those things but I also have to be open to learning how to do things differently because the way I used to do things will no longer serve me in where I'm going now. And so Esther recognized that where she is, where she was going, she had to be open to loan. She had to be able to um, be open to new things. So what was so dope though, is she um, 
she never even mentioned like her history. She didn't have to boast about where she came from, who her family was, her hard times, her trials, her tribulations, her struggles. The fact that she was a Jew in the kingdom was um, controversial. So there were so many things she could have talked about, mentioned, and she didn't. She knew how to stay quiet and play her position. She knew how to stay quiet and play her position. Oftentimes we want to be so loud and boisterous and brag about what we've done, where we came from, our history, our past. But it might just be time for you to shut up. Shut up. None of that matters anymore. Where you came from, what you did, who you were, it does not matter. Shut up and allow yourself to learn. Allow yourself to be nimble, to be taught of a new way of living and a new way of thinking because it was in Esther's preparation, it was in Esther's growth and learning that she was able to become the queen. Okay, so now Esther gets chosen. She wasn't the only one. There was hundreds of virgins. She got chosen. But what was so dope was during the preparation time, she listened. And not only did she listen, she got connected with the right people. Not with everybody, but with the right people. She was intentional about her relationships. She was intentional about who she listened to. She was intentional about whose instructions she followed. She only listened to the people who knew what the king wanted. So like the king's advisor, the king's left um, right-hand man, those were her people. So this week, I want you to think about who are you getting counsel from? Who are you being advised from? Are they people who know what is needed or required of you in this next stage? Can they really provide the insight that you need to do what you need to do? And if not, stop listening to them because it like, yeah, just stop, just stop listening to them. So um, Esther listens, not only does she listen, but she complies. She puts the new practices into place. Everything that they tell her to do, she does willingly and openly. So she's able to learn. She pivots and this leads her to become the queen. Now, what's so crazy is with um, Esther becoming the queen, the king's interactions with the with Esther were so different. With Esther, he wanted to give her anything, anything and everything Esther desired. He told her that he can, ha- she can have up to half of the kingdom, and a king never gives away his kingdom. But with Esther, it was different. He was willing to give up half the kingdom. He was willing, yo, whatever she wanted she got. And that is literally what happened in the story. She ended up making a request of um, the king because there was this dude who was low-key jealous. As always, we know how this plot goes. There was a dude who was low-key jealous. His name was Haman. Haman was about to try to plot and kill all the Jews because Esther's uncle, Mordecai, um, offended him because Mordecai wouldn't worship him. And so Haman gets all in his feelings and is like, fuck that. If you don't want to worship me, I'm not only going to take you out, I'm taking you and your whole heritage, your whole lineage out. I'm coming for all the Jews. And so um, Esther was able to intervene. And I'm not going to tell you how you got to read the story. Go read Esther in the Bible. 
but Esther was able to intervene. And in that intervention, um, in the intervention, she saved the Jewish people and she also um, created a position for her uncle. So Esther was able to save a whole generation of people, a whole culture of people by simply being her and allowing herself to be refined and to be um, taught and approachable. What I think is so dope about the book of Esther, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, none of those things are mentioned. None of them. Esther is the only book in the entire Bible with no mention of God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. And yet, even though it was never mentioned, you could see God through the entire story. And so I just want you to be encouraged that even if God was never mentioned in your life before now, he has always been a part of your story and he will always be with you to take you to the next place. And he's willing to work with you to perfect you for such a time as this. Esther was able to bring out a completely total, totally different side of the king. Same man, same power, different woman, different experience. So never discount what you can do with or through a man, how you can impact a man. Never discount how what you have, your gifts, your talents can impact a man, a partner, another person. Esther and Vashi's experience with the same exact man were totally, totally different. So fully understand that there are times where we as women make men better for the next woman. That doesn't necessarily mean that you weren't worthy or you weren't, um, you're not whole or you're not any of those things. It just means that your job, your purpose was to help make him better for someone else. And I know that hurts and I know that sucks because I've been on that side too. And you're like, I've poured into him. I've given him all my time, energy. And now this nigga's about to go wipe up, blah, blah, blah. And I get it. I totally understand. Feel that pain. Know what it is. But then also expect and believe that God is going to bless you with someone even better than the man you made better. You get what I'm saying? Like, God is not going to allow you to bless someone else, sow into someone else, mature someone else, and then just leave you hanging. He doesn't operate like that. Like, you will be rewarded for your sacrifices, for the gifts, for the time, for the energy, for the love. Everything that you've sown, it will not be wasted. So don't feel that way. Because I know it can be that way. But I think it's so dope to point that out. That one, that two women or one man can love two different women in a totally different way. A totally different experience. And it doesn't make it right, wrong, or indifferent. But just take the weight off of thinking there's something wrong with you. Because it's not you. Another tangent. I don't know where that came from. But that actually did come out of the story of Esther for me and so just understanding that like I always say nothing that you have been through has been wasted and also understanding that you were created for such a time as this 
Your voice matters. Your life matters. Your testimony matters. Your gifts matter. Your purpose matter. It's not about um, your history. It's not about your past. Even though those life lessons, those things that built you and made you, yes, they are going to be used to excel you and propel you. And they're also going to influence your position. However, it's time for you to grow. It's time for you to let go of the things that are of the past. And it's time for you to walk into this newness because we need you for such a time as this. When Esther was challenged with going to liberate the Jews, um, she first she was nervous. She was like, yo, I can't go before the king. He doesn't, he hasn't called for me. Um, so if I go and he doesn't call for me, like I can die. Like I can literally die, even though I'm the queen. And her uncle was like, listen, if you don't step out right now, God is gonna find somebody else. And if you find somebody else, I can't guarantee that you're gonna stay alive. He was very clear. He said, um, I can send li- God's gonna send liberation from the Jew for the Jews from somewhere else, but don't think that your house is gonna be untouched. <clears throat> so don't think one that you're not replaceable. If you don't want to step up, there's always someone in the stead ready to take your position. But like Michael Todd said yes last week, if you play your role, there's never a need for a substitute. So I'm encouraging you this week to step up, play your role, understand there's no need for a substitute because God has prepared you for such a time as this. And no, it's not the traditional look. No, it doesn't look like everyone else's path or how they got to where they are. But understand that your story matters and it will be your story that sets you apart from other people and allows you to make the impact that you need for such a time as this. I just looked up. I've been recording for 27 minutes. I've never done a message this long. So I'm going to end it right there and I'll pick Esther up next week and we'll just continue to dissect this story. But the jewel for the week is you were called and created for such a time as this. I encourage you to go check out Esther so we can follow along. Always, like I said, please feel free to leave a comment, a thought, subscribe, review, and then visit my website www.jelizahs.com and get a dope phone case for your phone. Our affirmation phone cases are doing really well. So make sure that you grab one. Um, I'm going to release some for Samsung phones as well. Um, But go and be great and understand that you were called for such a time as this. Nothing will be wasted nothing will be forgotten, but you are needed for such a time as this. And I will talk to you all next week. Good day now.